This is the Bunt, the number one podcast in skateboarding, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding, Van. We are back, baby. We are fucking back. We are back. Yeah. Classic. We are back. That's we right. are back. Off the wall since 1960, motherfucking six. fucking back it's been a long time coming we had to sit back let things chill after the bunt jam enjoy the summer a little bit and now here we are the nfl's back and so is the bunt it goes hand in hand man i'm d jones as always i got my main man the ghost with me and we got ants one behind the scenes it's a cool thing still ghost break it down man episode one mad thing out here y'all know we just fucking completed the tray flip bracket so it was only right that we brought the champ himself into studio e josh kayla's gracing us with his presence triple og legend in the house uh great interview with josh we might have to pull up the grand rapids on the man then one day go skate that skate park you feel me then we taking y'all straight to the post office and wrapping it up with some NFL talk. Ooh, how I've missed it. <laughs> that is as good as it gets. We've been off for a long time, so we can't wait to get right back into it. Ghost, I can't even imagine how many videos you've watched since we were back on. You probably have, you know, a bunch of shit you want to shout out, man. But you got to pick just one. Long break, tons of video parts, tons of videos. But yo, yeah, you already know, I'm picking one. And it's shout out of the week brought to you by The Den, by skaters, for skaters, for the undying love of skate videos, an app available for free on iPhone, iPad, Android, and even Apple TV. It's The Den, get there while you can, sign up and get these vids in like I do every damn week. Bro, for this one, I had to go down to Melbourne, the land down under, you know what I'm saying? And it's Adam Davies' trick selection of pain. I know you saw that kickback tail kickflip on the little round rail. My dude's got the quickest feet. Mm. He's got the style, the trick selection. Adam Davies, hats off to you, bro. That part was an instant classic, in my opinion. Even I didn't miss that one, man. Make sure to follow The Bunt on Instagram at The Bunt Live. Subscribe to us on YouTube at The Bunt. Hit us up on our email, thebuntlive at gmail.com. And then head over to thebuntlive.com. Every episode logged for your listening pleasure. Like we said, we have Josh Kalis in the building, the Tray Flip Challenge champion. Everybody knew this one was over before it even started. Tray Flip over the can. We're going to get right into it with Josh so without further ado, only one thing left to do. Grab yourself an ice cold Beamer 
the real only buzz, the coldest beer in the world. And if you live in Toronto, head down to Bathurst Local, right across the street from Dunbat. Doesn't get any better than that. Okay, let's get it on. We got the Trey Flip Challenge champion, Josh Kalis in the building. What's cracking, dog? What's happening, y'all? It's been a long time in the making. Bro, you made me work for this one. How long? Trey years? No, I looked. I looked. It was 2016. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, right. Are you serious? Yeah, swear to God. Look at our text history. Bro, I must have been through two, three iPhones in that time, man. Mine doesn't go back that long. So that must have been the first year we started this. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. That's wild. I didn't reply, and then 2017, I didn't reply. <laughs> and then I think 2018, I might have replied. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's been a long time in the making, but here we are. <laughs> Bro, that's what we do for the people around here, eh? We stay relentless, man. Apply <laughs> the pressure. That's cool, man. Hell yeah. What made you do it this time? It's because you're the champion now? No, I told y'all in when was that 2020 that i would do it in 2023 or maybe i, I don't remember it was a couple of years ago I, I was like yeah i'll do it in 2023 for sure because <laughs> there was so much stuff leading up to 2023 yeah that i didn't want to like i didn't want to get too far ahead of myself with with stuff so i was like 2023 is like the 25 year anniversary of me in dc and it, it, it was just a it's just a better time for me to do it i think love that so josh we start every show off the same hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment i don't remember man maybe it was when i actually maybe it was when i got my first board way back in the day i had to mow lawns all winter <laughs> or all summer my bad i had to, i had to mow them all summer and i got my first board and like literally that was like i don't know that was cool and the favorite sports moment it's the same. I I don't really follow sports too much, but back in the Jordan days, there was a lot of really cool Michael Jordan moments. I don't really hold on to moments like that, you know what I mean? I got a shitty memory. <laughs> I'm just too, I'm in the present all the time. I know, man. You forget to text me back all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Seven years of that shit. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Back to skating, Josh. Take us back to the beginning. Where did you come up and how did you get into skating? I was born in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And uh, my mom lived in Queens, New York. And why that's relevant is because I got my very, very first skateboard in Queens because I would fly to New York to visit her every now and then, like some summers. And uh, I got a Nash Executioner. And so I would just cruise around Queens on a Nash Executioner. And I don't even remember what age that was. And it, it wasn't anything serious. But back in Grand Rapids, in the sixth grade, I seen this kid skating a Rob Roscob. And I, like, I was just putting it together that there was like actually pro skateboarders and then... I was like, man, I got a Nash, and he was making fun of me for the, having a Nash. <laughs> and that summer between the 6th and 7th grade is when I mowed lawns to get enough money to buy my first board, which was a Steve Steve Caballero Bonite board. Hell yeah. Sick. Yeah. And 
I just remember like the the only tricks that I've seen was like this kid would do power slides with his hands on the ground. <laughs> and I, I I don't know, man. I thought that was pretty dope. So that's what I started doing is power slides. That's fucking wicked. So from there, what will you consider your first big break in the skate industry to be? I guess the first very big break was like Jamie Thomas. Like linking up with Jamie Thomas after he had came to Dallas and uh, we filmed a bunch of stuff. And uh, then, he, you know, he he told me if I could get to California, then he could maybe make something happen. So I did. I ended up getting myself to California and that's that was it. It was invisible skating for invisible and then toy machine just shortly after that. But it was Jamie Thomas that gave me my first big break. Sick. God damn. The chief. Mm-hmm. The chief. Opening doors. Yeah. Always. But I did have a small break before that. I was I was getting some boards from H Street. And then before that, I was getting some boards from Shine Skateboards, which was uh, Kevin Staub. And then before that, I even got a couple boards from Renegade Skateboards, which I think was Kevin Staub, too, before Shine. But that was all just like sending in a sponsor me tape and then him sending me some boards. Sick. So that was cool, yeah. Boxes, baby. That's what it's all yeah, about I've been over here. boxes a long time. Well, <laughs> I, used to get those, I used to get those Renegade boards and they were so big that I would go steal a World Industries board from the skate shop and then put the World Industries board on top of the Renegade board and then trace it and then jigsaw it out. Damn. Yeah, I remember I even went to Woodward one time and I had all jigsawed boards. Actually, <laughs> that's the Woodward trip that I started getting A Street boards. It's they like, felt bad for you with your jigsaw board, dude. I don't know if it was or not, but that footage, that footage from that Woodward trip came out in um, the Lick video. Damn. Damn. Sick. Yeah. History, bro. <clears throat> it was crazy. Yeah. Jigsawed boards, not even sanded the edges. I didn't even sand the edges. They were just like. (laughs) So you just won our 360 flip bracket and earned a spot on the three flip Mount Rushmore. Congrats, well deserved. No, it wasn't rigged, contrary to what you may have thought. Um, (laughs) That said, who are your personal favorite three flippers of all time? Dude, there's a lot of good three flippers out there, man. Shout out to everybody that was in that little contest poll thing that you did. Shout out to everybody that voted me for that. But I don't know why, man. Some of them tray flips were death defined, bro. Like, yeah. Like, you could put the moon under Westgate's tray flip. <laughs> like, he looked like E.T. flying through the air. Just, <laughs> it's crazy, dude. <laughs> but my, my favorite tray flip flippers, <laughs> I it started with, um, it probably started with the first tray flip that I was ever like, holy shit, was uh, Steve Ortega did one. I didn't know who he was at the time, but in the old A Street Hocus Pocus video, he like tray flipped this little street gap in a Matt Hensley section. And I remember rewinding that like a thousand times, like, what is that? I didn't even understand what that was. Sick. And then... Then the tray flip that really set it off for me was um, Mike Carroll did one. He did a tray flip down the Embarcadero 7 in this like little section. And it was so good because it was the first time I ever seen a flip trick get caught on the way up. 
rather than kind of like mm-hmm. on the way down the or way whatever down. or catching it at the peak but he like kind of caught it while it was still going up and that's when i was like holy shit that's ill but then later my favorite tray flips were javante and kareem campbell for sure kareem was Oof. like my favorite tray flip is kareem's tray flip over the table so sick over the table so long he did ago. one on yeah, flat you, ground you remember he was wearing like a starter jacket or something he had a bunch of papers in his pocket <laughs> and he did like a he did like a nolly flip on flat it looks like he breaks his tail and then he just does this tray flip on flat that's just unbelievable dude i don't even remember what video it is it's the whatever someone before trilogy or something like that mm-hmm. it was so sick. you actually did the iconic three flip that won you the title twice what's the story behind doing it again yeah, we were filming for photosynthesis. So I did the first one, and I think Strobeck filmed it long lens. And it was Blayback. I think Blayback saw it, or I told him about it. Somehow word got to California that I had did this tray flip. And mm. Blayback was like, I'm on a flight tomorrow. He's like, <laughs> I'm going to shoot it. And uh, I think if I remember right, I was actually kind of bummed that I had to do it again because it, it was like... It was hard. And, uh, and yeah, he flew out, did it again. He shot a sequence of it, and they picked the, the catch frame rather than the normal um, just before the catch mm. and threw it on the box cover. And holy shit, man, people, they kind of went bananas about it. I mean, I'm, I'm super happy about it, too. I wasn't happy that day, I remember. Like, you could even see the footage, the raw footage where... I think it was ryan g was filming it behind the can fisheye and he came running up to give me a five and i was like literally sat next to it was my wife and my kid and then my boy gangster rich and i was just like get the fucking camera out of my face like, i was so <laughs> mad <laughs> i wanted it to just be one and done but nah yeah i did it again but good thing i did though because i really actually prefer the fisheye over the I think yeah. I think it was harder the second time, so I was going faster than the first one. Does that make sense? So yeah. it was harder, so it made me have to try harder and go faster, and it ended up like looking better, in my opinion, than the first one. It is sick that you did it twice just to have both angles for to end your part it was made the edit like complete. I feel like thanks, mm-hmm. dude. Did I always have to do it? They, they, man, these motherfuckers always got me doing shit twice, dude. Because <laughs> I was just out there doing shit, skating and filming with the like whoever homie is out there. Like Hubba, Switchback Tail. We just did it on a random ass day. And then here we go again. We need an ad for drawers. We're flying up fucking so-and-so. And I had to do that one twice. Or there's just a bunch of, a bunch of have to do twice. Yeah. Dude, that's actually the worst feeling. Yeah, I don't think I don't think about the photo. I just yeah, I'm just out there filming, and yeah, <laughs> it's the worst when it's something scary like that switchback tail where it's like you gotta psych yourself up again and all that shit. It's like it just happened naturally once, and you just want to be done. But you gotta and then it's like oh fuck! Like if I get hurt retrying something, I'll be ten times more pissed off. You know? Yeah, no doubt. I feel the same way. But at the end of it, like years later. I'm happy. Yeah, happy for sure. I did it twice. Yeah. For sure. Well, of course. Yeah. So you've been riding for DC for, I think you said 25 years. Anniversary is this year. So you've been through every era over there. 
Uh, I know it's a lot to look back on, but what's your favorite era been with DC? That's a tough one. I, er, I obviously the earlier eras for me were the raddest because it was like building with DC and it just really trying to like put it down and kind of earn my spot. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and the team was like, it was crazy, dude. Like Mike Carroll's and Rick Howard, and all these all these people that I used to watch videos of where now I'm like skating, trying to be at the same level as these guys. So that era to me was like super sick. DC putting out like new technology and it was hot and fresh on the scene. Um, but now the current era is really fun for me because now like, you know, I got four shoes out. Well, three with one that's like in a limited rotation, whether it's the the original shoe or the the number two just came out, the truth. And so this, oh, and Philly's back in the mix, like mm -hmm. all the yeah. Muni kids hey. and Ja and Penny and Bilyeu. And so that, this era right now is actually really dope. I'm having a lot of fun with this one too. Hell yeah. Hell so yeah. That, I mean, that's a tough I one. think we're biased because of our age, but I think I can speak for Donald saying our favorite era was the DC video era, because that's when we were kids. It's not even close. Yeah, like, yeah. Wenning, you, Stevie, Ave. Ave. Oh. That shit was... Yeah, nah, I feel that. I feel that. But, you know, I'm in it. So it's like, it, it, right now being in it, in this era right now, has a similar feeling that it did in the early days for me, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can see how it's... It's different for y'all for sure. What what era was your least favorite, man? Which one was the toughest? Was there ever like a thought of like leaving DC oh, because it's got to be the Steve so much change fucking super team era for sure. <laughs> um, you know, like the big street league era was yeah interesting. Like I mm -hmm. try to have fun with it. I try to go to the street leagues and and uh, I mean it's wild. Like uh, it's really unbelievable how good those guys are that enter those contests and stuff but you know when the team was really being built out for street league competitions which mm -hmm. it makes sense because like dc was the title sponsor and it was Deerick did street league and barrow yeah. had the you know has the barracks and it was the media company i mean it's like it's understandable that that's the way it was going but mm -hmm. for me and uh you know my like that's not my genre, you know? So yeah. watching all that taking off, you, you know, that was a weird era for me. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Not only all that, but also all of the shoes changed, man. It like none of the like original shoes that, you know, were, were really hitting it off in the DC video era and stuff like that. The links and the Mantecas and the old school stuff was all gone. And they were making like van style shoes, man. Yeah, well, a lot of times it's the the consumer that dictates that, you know what I'm saying? It's not mm -hmm. it's not always the company, but I mean maybe that's what the consumers were really wanting those days. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I'm just glad that you stayed on the whole time and it's come back around to like a a new 2.0 era of the early days. Cause yeah, de definitely. I mean, you probably can't say it because you're 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 part of the family. But it was definitely kind of weird from the outside looking in in that in between phase. But stoked on what they're doing these days for sure. 
Yeah, well, you know, these companies, they get different managements and sometimes the management wants to tap into something else and check it out. And the only thing you can do is like, all right, let's fucking try it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I didn't even, I don't even have the voice, especially then to be like, nah, do this or don't do this, like whatever. I'm so focused on what I'm doing that I just watch. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I did recognize that I was starting to be in a stagnant point in my skate career, if you want to call it that, and in life. So uh, being in California while all that was going on felt like a big safety net. But the reality was I had to recognize I had to get the fuck out of there because I'm not a San Diego, Southern California type of dude. And staying out there could be detrimental. Mm-hmm. So I got the fuck out of there. There you go. Still doing your thing. So you you spoke about him real quick, but what do you think about the road Deerdick went down, man? Creating his empire while entering the mainstream media world with things like Fantasy Factory, uh, Street League, just everything he's been up to, man. Well, I'm super happy for Rob. Like Rob's mm-hmm. been one of my best friends for dude, a long time. You know what I mean? Rob Rob was a big part of, like, everything, you know, with the workshop and D.C. and all that stuff. He gave me great advice. Uh, but that, you know, I didn't want to go that route with him. Not that I was invited to, but, you know, I was around a lot of that stuff. But I just didn't want to. So we kind of just separated our paths a little bit. And I, mm-hmm. uh, to be honest with you, I think the last time I talked to Rob was... 2020 2020 yeah pandemic when the pandemic hit i called him up to fucking talk some conspiracy shit (laughs) like i mean it was in the early days of it and it was like yo what do you think because i know rob used to always love talking about aliens and time travel and all that kind of shit and uh we went we we talked for a second and we were talking about catching up to to conspiracy talk about it and then we never Mm. caught back up after that and since then, I mean, like, I think my dude went from, I don't even know what he's doing. He, like, does his podcast shit and other companies and stuff, and I don't even really talk to him anymore. So, I got, there's no hard, there's no weird feelings or anything yeah, like yeah. that, but, yeah. Of course, yeah. We got to get him on the pod and find out what he's up to, man. Yeah, and plus, you know, like I said, I left California. I don't even know. Does he even have stuff to do with Street League anymore? Is Street League even around anymore? Street League's definitely around. It's moving at a different pace than when I think Rob first brought it together, but it's definitely still going, man. Going strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, he's doing his thing. I mean, I think he's rich as fuck, which is... That's awesome. I mean, I don't think there's much to think about. It's pretty much a known fact that he's rich as fuck. <laughs> he's fucking killing it. I actually listened to his his nine club and he talks about like how he schedules out his time to be as productive as possible it's pretty that's pretty impressive i see some of that because you know i still follow him on instagram and i i see him talking to himself is he talking to him like his podcast (laughs) like who's he is there somebody in the room with him i've never listened to his podcast no maybe i should check it out yeah i was like damn dude fucking waking up at four in the morning to have extra hours in the day what if you wake up at seven and instead of going to bed at eight, you go to bed at ten? 
I don't know. I was just to me, I could chuckle. I'm, I'm like, hey, if he, if that's what he loves doing, he loves doing it. You know what I mean? And more <laughs> he, power he to him. Loves it. Yeah, for me, I'm a, I, yeah. I, I just, I chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love Rob though, man. He's, you know, he's like my brother, but I do miss him though. I miss the old Rob. Yeah. For sure, you guys should link up. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, I I still fly coach, bro. I don't think he flies anything but first class. <laughs> well, tell him to fly his PJ out to Grand Rapids and hit the park, man. <laughs> yeah. It'll never happen. <laughs> He'll never come out here. It could fucking... He loves those little little fucking fun ramps with the, the bump the bars in them, man. Yeah, I, I wonder if he still skates at all. That's a good point, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he might okay. not... He has to schedule it in, right? you're at your favorite band's concert when disaster strikes you got to use the facilities you head to the washroom fully commit to a number two just to realize there's no toilet paper when out of nowhere a helping hand from the stall next door delivers a fresh roll of tp that helping hand is chpo brand the best sunglasses and watches this world has to offer. CHPO brand, always doing it for the people. So Josh, your ledge game has always been tastefully creative. You've been known to drop NBDs over the year, or sometimes you never know who's the very first person to do it, but at least popularize a bunch of tricks. You know what I'm saying? The big spin fakie five O's, the back two seventy blunts on ledges, cab back nose blunts, switch big spin back tails to name a few. What's one trick that you've still never seen and you hope to see one day? Uh, that's a that's a good question. I'll tell you what. Year I don't remember how many years ago it was, but I was doing one of those last calls in Transworld mm-hmm. and it asked me what was the last ledge trick you did? And as a complete joke, I said, tray flip, frontside crooked grind, nollie backside flip out. Because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm thinking that shit will could never, ever, 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 ever happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and dude, there's people doing that trick now. Yeah. Dude, I think I saw like that. Le- was it a Brazilian Like homie? legit. Huh? Yeah, there was some dude in Brazil. Shane O'Neill did one on the bank to bench in L.A., I think he was the first one where I was like, "What?" <laughs> and then, and then, yeah, the Brazilian homie does it straight up on a ledge, and I'm I just can't fucking believe it. He does it to like nollie inward heel out, or yeah. I don't know. Well, sometimes but, it's a dude, bit too much, but yeah, <laughs> dude, yeah. it's always a bit too much, man. <laughs> like I get it; it's super hard. I respect the shit out of it, but it's like it's just doing too much, man. For yeah. sure. Well, that's I why know. I said tastefully creative because sometimes you can mm-hmm. just be untastefully creative and sometimes it's like just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. But actually, I like Shane O'Neill's one because he didn't flip out, I don't think. He just did three flip front crook, a nice one to fake. Oh, no, he flipped out. He flipped out too? Yeah, because that was the first time I've seen it since I did that interview and that, that interview thing was like fucking 15 years, 20 years ago or something like that. Yeah. And so... When I saw it, I was like, oh, shit. It's funny. No, he definitely yeah, did it to flip out. How's, how much skateboarding's evolved on the tech side? Like, stuff that, like mm-hmm. you said, didn't even seem possible. It was just a joke. You're actually seeing now, like, what's that dude's name who's in Street League now? He always does, like, three-flip nose blunt, like, 
Nolly big spin heels and stuff. It's like, yo. oh yeah, that that dude's got. You talking about? Um, I, I don't know his name, but dude, big. He he's done like big flip back tail to big flip out, right? Yeah, on ledges all that and shit. shit. Or like crooked grind, nolly flip to crooked grind. Yeah, or yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, nolly. I don't even know, dude. I don't even know. I I like I laugh when I watch it. Like it's so hard. I, I can't mm-hmm. diss it because I don't do it, but it kind of reminds me of, like, rollerblading. <laughs> like, like, big rails and big, or big rails, real long rails, double kink rails, all that shit, and uh, ridiculously tech ledge tricks. And I'm I'm not hating. I just get the same vibe from it as, like, when I watch a rollerblader because they just lock into the rail and they just fucking... It doesn't matter how long the rail is. They're just, they're locked in and they're going for the ride, dude. Or if, you know, like rollerblading, they used to do like the grind to 180 grind to (laughs) whatever all these different things were. And so I just, I just related to that. You know, I mean, I get it. This shit's hard. I I can't do it. No, I feel you. But anyway, dude, I always wanted to see somebody do a back 270 flip to nose blunt side. Damn. But I don't, I, like, Ooh. not a long nose blunt side. I just want to see, like, just crack one, just back 270 flip, and then just rip, like, a, a yeah. nose blunt side. Like, and on a ledge, too, probably, right? Yeah. I, you know, like, the way it would look best would be, like, bump the table at Sans in Barcelona or something. Oh. Just, like, yeah, full speed. I don't know. I always thought that that one would look really sick. Hell, yeah. Oh, All right. For sure. Whoever's listening... The challenge has been yeah. set by Kalis, <laughs> Mr. Kalis. <laughs> and there was a, hey, there's actually another one that I've seen Stevie get really close to. I've seen him slide it on the uh, love ledges, the fountain ledges at love. And it was, you ride up like you're going to do a front side tail side. You know how people like, they'll do a front 270 to switch back tail? Mm-hmm. Like Stevie slid those with a flip. Oh, shit. Like front side flip? Like front side two seventy flip switch back tail. Wow, I seen him slide those like years ago. In Damn. probably like Reeboks or yeah. something like that. You know, Damn. I was just like, that's what? a sick one. Yeah, that is because he can do the front side flip where it's like it doesn't have to push out in front of you. You know, he can do it where it's like straight up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not so much straight up like Muska flip straight up. It's still it's still like a like a proper frontside flip but he i don't know the way he can the way he can do it he can just twist it around and dude it was mm. crazy that would have been yeah. insane so speaking of stevie there's not much to be said about your guys history at this point you're an epic one-two punch that will always be a part of each other's legacy what's your guys relationship like today dude our relationship is great man like we don't we don't ever since I left California like we haven't we don't talk all the time and when we do it's like it could dude it could be months and we just jump on the phone and it's like we just seen each other yesterday we just talk DGK stuff or like what's going on in LA and Jaquan and Philly um it's just a rad relationship like he's out on the west coast doing his thing and I'm out here doing my thing and then like we just link from time to time it's really That's dope. What's up. That's perfect, man. Homies and brothers forever. Yeah. From all the fans out there that have been watching you guys skate together for years, it's good to hear that 
You guys are still brothers. Any chance of a uh, a shared part again in the future for you two or what, man? The people need it. I'm saying it could be possible. He's been skating Woo! a lot. I've been skating a lot. I think the hardest part would be, um, like, do I got to go to L.A.? Does he got to come out to Philly? Like, where? how would we link? Because, I mean, shit, we're both, like, fully grown, man. He's got kids. I got kids. Uh, he spends so much time on the West Coast. I spend so much time on the East Coast. It's, like, if we maybe set up a time where we were like, okay... Are you talking about shared part, like, he's filming over there, I'm filming over there, and we just throw all the footage together? Or shared part, like, like ideally it would be... Together, the yeah. Together, yeah. you know? Or... That would be so sick. At least, like, a section of it together, which we could definitely do. It would just... It would just have to be me going out west. Yeah, or you take the family out there during the winter for a little vacation. Man, I got dogs and shit, dude. It's like <laughs> it's Get hard now for Mikey our, to watch for the our dogs, whole family bro. to go do stuff, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, but I mean, I I still go. Like it, for the last few years, you know, the flight from Grand Rapids, Michigan to Philly has been like a bus route for me. I just it's like an hour long flight. I would just get on, fly to Philly for a couple of days, fly home, fly back mm-hmm. to Philly. Dude, yeah. you and him back in Philly together would be fucking sick too. Get some clips yeah. for the culture. Yeah, yeah, but the landscapes changed in Philly a little bit. It's um, the plaza thing is it's not on hold right now, but you know they're changing Muni at the moment, so mm-hmm. it's not quite as it's not quite as simple as like, all right, let's go to Philly for the weekend. We'll film and then go home and then go back out. It, you know, there's times. One day you might not be able to skate. The next day you can skate all day. The next four days you can't skate. It's, you know, it's very. Um, you can't just spontaneous spontaneously go out there like you could even just a year ago. Mm-hmm. It'd be tough with our schedules, but I'm sure we could figure it out. Oh yeah. Speaking of Philly, love park days, man maybe arguably the most iconic big four of all time did you ever try and uh get a clip on the four i did i tried to nolly it Ooh. oh yeah was that in the in that on video yeah i think there yeah uh, it was the on video right yeah yeah I yeah i spent some that. time trying to nolly it dude like i even set up a, a little bit different board like a little bit bigger wheels just because there's it's it's cracky it was like real cracky at that time going in that direction Hmm. and to be honest if i was a gap skater i'm pretty sure i could have done it but i'm not a gap skater so when i skate stairs and stuff if i'm not if my if the height of my trick isn't peaked over the last stair Mm -hmm. i'm not confident and the love gap was so big for me that my peak my peak height would be over like the second the middle of the gap mm-hmm. and then i would start coming down towards that last stair and it mm-hmm. would just freak me out i couldn't i couldn't hang on to it damn so that would have been and so i couldn't beast. go i couldn't go fast enough to peak at the end of the gap yeah yeah that's my safety you know <laughs> what i'm saying so i kicked it out every single time i didn't i didn't put it down not one time cuz I, I just didn't have the confidence I, i'm not a gap skater I don't, I don't know how to like really do that Damn. But I tried. That would have been, been epic. No one never did anything nolly on it, right? 
I don't think so. I know. I think Greg didn't Grecky try to nolly one eighty it maybe, but hmm. I don't think he made that either. No switch one eighty. Oh, he tried switch one eighty. He almost got that. Dude, nowadays though, people would be f- doing everything down. Yeah, so. yeah, but sometimes it's better when spots go away and yeah. you could just hold on to the the glory days and what went down. Yeah. But then again, maybe not because when they when they had the very last days of love, remember some some gap dudes flew out there to skate the gap mm-hmm. but they could have been having issues with like <laughs> the 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 locals were like fuck that protecting it <laughs> <laughs> they were like putting they were freezing water on the dude it was like eight <laughs> degrees out and they were like putting water on the landing like uh, painting skate the ledges and all that shit but i give them props for that shit because those are the guys that have been there for yeah. years, dude, like running from the cops, going to jail, getting robbed, mm-hmm. like they went through it at love. The you know the same the way we did. Like they're just gonna on the last days they're just gonna let some dudes come out and fucking <laughs> get their glory, <laughs> get their glory for whatever the ransom money was or some. You know what I mean? Like That's I get it. And, and dude, I was getting called. Barra called me. Everybody was calling me. I was in Michigan. They're calling me like, or no, I was in Cali. They're calling me like, yo, can you call those dudes and tell them? And I was like, fuck no, dude. Like, <laughs> like that's Philly, bro. <laughs> fuck like, that. Try to get it in between the lines, dude. Like, yeah. what are you doing? But I don't know. I thought that was funny. That's fucking wicked. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about the arrival of Wenning and Popolardo onto the scene. What were your two thoughts on? The two young bucks pulling up, man. I love those kids, man. Those kids were rad. Matter of fact, like, the first time, I think the first time I ever skated with them, they told me, um, they were like, yo, we got these kids in New York. Can you go see them or we're going to see them or whatever? And and uh, we met them at Pyramid Ledges. And I, like, looking back, it was probably pretty creepy. But I was like, <laughs> get, in the, get in the van. Get in the van. Get in the van. <laughs> And they were all like freaked out, like what? And so they get in the van, and we we just went to some shitty fucking spot. And I was like, all right, skate. And they were like, okay. And they were doing like flat ground, flat ground. And then it was finally, I was just like, man, I'm just fucking with y'all. Because they were already, they were already like connected through Joe Castrucci. Yeah. And so I was fucking with them. But yeah, um, I both those kids were fucking awesome, man. Yeah, winning, man. One of my all-time favorites is uh, photosynthesis part, man. Still watch that one on the regular. What's crazy is is I I was a bigger fan of Papalardo and in the beginning. Like for I don't know why, the different styles, like Winning kinda had more of a like a Freddy kinda hunched over, like mm-hmm. you know, laid back, like mm-hmm. I don't know how to compare it. And Papalardo was more of like I could have seen him like back in the day wearing like starter jackets and you know stuff like that. I gravitated more towards mm. Papalardo, you know what I mean? But then Papalardo like kind of was changing his style up a little bit and it made me kind of gravitate more towards winning. And then uh and then yeah, then they both kind of just <laughs> went yeah. in different directions. Yeah. Crazy career trajectory for the two of them, man. Yeah. Winning just always thankful we'll always have his photosynthesis part to look back on and his dc video parts man those yeah, a huge dude. huge influence yeah i haven't spoke to i haven't spoke to either one of them in years yeah so speaking of some some more legends though fred gall 
was on the pod a few years ago. Absolute legend. Uh, do you have a Freddie G story that the people may have not heard? Dude, I got lots of Freddie G stories. I don't yes. know how appropriate they are, though. But I mean, he told us safe here, what, man. What did he say? Did he tell us he was like on crack when he did the Gap Fifty at Love? Okay, so he's he's open about all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, he said all sorts of shit, man. Jail like, stories, overseas. <laughs> yeah, because I, I didn't. You know, I'm not trying to talk about any of that. Yeah. I love Freddie, man, but I, you know, he was the most like open person we've ever interviewed. It was crazy. Well, did he ever tell you about Brebic? I don't know. I don't think does so. The name, does the name Brebic ring a bell? No. no. All right. So Brebic was his alter ego. <laughs> Yeah. Whenever he was out and about and he was starting to uh, cross that line of I'm not Freddy anymore, whatever, <laughs> whatever substances were like taking over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he turned into Brebic. And I think the I think the name Brebic might have been he might have named him his alter ego Brebic himself. But, dude, one time. One time I was in Vancouver and I think it was like maybe a Slam City Jam or was that the Vancouver contest? Slam City yeah. Jam? Yeah. Anyway, I was there. I was sleeping in my hotel room and I woke up and my nose was just burning, dude. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And Sean Sheffy and Fred Gall, actually, it wasn't Freddie, it was Brevik. <laughs> it was Sheffy and Brevik, dude, were fucking chopping shit up and smoking shit. And, uh, dude, I got so pissed. I was like, dude, get the fuck out. And I, like, I honestly thought I was going to have to fight Fred Gall and Sean Sheffy, (laughs) who Sheffy, especially in those days, was a scary, a dude was like, he was scary, bro. Mm -hmm. Because he he would just break your neck for no reason. (laughs) And, uh, but yeah, I had to kick him out of my room and, they were like, just chill, Kayla's is just weed, bro. It's just weed, bro. <laughs> and they ended up leaving. And I was like, oh shit. Damn. But yeah. I yeah, I kicked him out for smoking some wild shit in my room. But yeah, Brevik. Brevik would come out every time we were on tour. And it was wild. I'll tell you one time, did he tell you about um when he got picked up from the cops just in the middle of nowhere on the alien tour? Yeah, and then he had to he had like no phone or no way to link back up. Yeah, like we stopped at a gas station, dude. Like just everyone's gotta go in, take a piss, grab something to eat. Mm-hmm. And when we all got back into the into the RV, everyone's like, Where's Freddie at? And dude, we're literally in the middle of nowhere. And I don't know how much time, I don't remember, maybe twenty minutes go by and a cop car pulls up and had Freddie in the back of the in the back of the cop car. <laughs> With a with a six pack of beer, and he wasn't definitely wasn't twenty one at the time, but he was using fake IDs, and he was trying to tell everybody on the low, like, "Yo, it's not Freddie. I'm not Freddie." <laughs> yeah, and the cop. I think the cops let him go. I don't remember, but dude, the stories like that with Freddie are endless, man. Yeah. Oh, dude, know. that's the beauty of skateboarding is it can take a guy like that around the world, man, and that's how those stories are created. Dude, there's some Barcelona stories that are out of control. Like, there is this strip club slash whatever club called Baghdad. 
Mm-hmm. And you know what? If you ever get a chance to ask Freddie about that story, I'm gonna let him tell it to you. I'm Is that when he was like staying, staying in the place, and he would have to leave at a certain time because they they would start to open and shit? I don't know. I just know like you 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 pick the chick that one that is supposed to like give you the lap dance on stage in front of people and then they blindfold you and then stuff starts happening and they <laughs> unblindfold you and it's somebody different and like <laughs> Brevik was up there thinking I don't know. Oh shit. I don't know, dude. Brevik, I wasn't man. there but I heard all the stuff. I was there but not in the club, but yeah, I yeah. heard all the stories. So I can't really speak on it. But next time you talk to Freddie ask him about that story and, and maybe he'll tell you. I hope we get to talk to. We Freddy might have to again, get round man. two, Freddie, on here, man. I seen yeah. Freddie a couple of years ago in Philly. Like, I think only like two years ago, he was he was ripping. Yeah, he's he's, he's ripping doing, again. Yeah, he was. Not that he, he ever trying. like stopped, but uh, oh man. So you've been skating at a high level for decades now. We appreciate the inspiration to keep pushing ourselves as we are aging as well. You know. Do you ever think about your own skate mortality or are you just going to keep skating until you can't walk Chet Thomas styles? Well, you talking about like skate mortality, just skating, or are you talking about like industry skate mortality? Probably just like skating, man. Like you're just going to skate forever. Dude, you kind of have to, man. I mean, it's like, like I've been skating so long. It, I can't even look at things without thinking something skate. I can't, I walk into the store or through my house and like you're, you fingerboard the counter when you're walking past it. You know what I mean? Like you see the ledges, you see the hill, you, you know, like I don't think there's ever going to be a time where I'm not skating at some point ever. Like, you know what I'm saying? But you, you just can't not, be a skater after being a skater unless unless maybe Deerdick could <laughs> maybe come on bro <laughs> I can't you're gonna Shit. keep it friendly G <laughs> nah, he's my boy but come on man like I'm yeah, gonna dude. see a back smith dude like I know I know oh shit you he can he can dude he could take fucking 10 minutes out of his day and go do a backsmith for the people man <laughs> hell for yeah for people like me yeah, his old friends. Well, since you mentioned it, I what about the, the industry side of things? Uh, the industry side, I, I don't know. I mean, there was only, what, one generation before, maybe two generations before me as far as, like, the first pro skaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like the Tony Hawk generation, Rodney Mullen. I don't know. Was there people before them? Uh, the I actually just listened Dog to Tony Hawk. Yeah, like the, the older guys on Dogtown they're kind of like before Tony Hawk was like the young buck on the team. So there's that. So if you go before. back to them, yeah. if you go back to like, who's that? That would be like Steve Alba, Tony Alva, right? Those guys. Mm-hmm. And some of them still got boards and shit, right? Yeah. So, I mean, what the fuck? Like if you, I think if you play your cards right and play the game right, like in the industry, you don't ever have to, you don't ever have to like step out of the industry because I don't think those guys are taking up any space as far as like not allowing newer and younger kids to come up. You know what I mean? They have whatever fan base they have. Their fans aren't going to like, I don't know how to put it. Basically, I think that there's room. You can stay. You Yeah, there's there's room and you can create your own lane. You can create your own industry 
um, if the, the typical skate industry decides like they don't fuck with you anymore, you could do it on your own and be your own. I mean, kids are doing it now. Like kids mm-hmm. are starting board companies and turning yep. their friends pros and they have their <laughs> own platforms and like, they don't necessarily have to have like the, the actual skate industry. They're creating their own. Uh, well, for sure. to your point, I think, uh, the three flip challenge we just did speaks to that, like that three flip you did. And I don't remember what, what year was that? And it's still one in 2023, like that's stuck in everyone's mind. So I think that's a great point. Like the, the OG, like the super OG pros that still have boards. Like I think you could definitely be on that tip cause you got a whole X amount of generations, us included the younger guys that still look up to you. So Oh, that's cool. And, you know, we get to give uh, opportunity to the young kids, too. You know, you take uh, I'll give you a, a good example. You, you know, you had uh, the Philadelphia guys that were doing the Love Park thing after after we were there, like Penny and Bill, you and, you know, that whole that mm-hmm. whole crew, Jameer. And they, you know, they were young at the time and Philly had they were they were doing their thing. They had the sabotage going on out there. But it was really hard for them to, like, really break through because most of the industry that was in Philadelphia wasn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alien was gone. DC was gone. Blayback wasn't going out there anymore. None of the New York photographers, like, RBU Molly, Strobeck. I mean, everybody, like, pretty much was out of there. So they were, like, building it on their own. And... I mean, they, it was, like, difficult, you know? They were hitting me up to be in sabotage videos and doing all that. And, and I, I was like, man, I'm going to be honest. Like, this is your love part. Like, I don't want to come in and, and try to, you know, I'm, I don't want to take over love part from mm-hmm. y'all by accident or whatever. You guys build it, do it, do your thing. But then I realized, like, wait a minute. These guys are out there skating old Kayla shoes, Kayla's boards. They're like painting the graphics, like the old ones. They're buying shoes from eBay. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, let me, you know what? Let me start going out there and... Bridge the gap, man. And bridge the gap, exactly. And so I started doing that and it put eyeballs on them that might've took them years and years and years to get those eyeballs. And by that time it might've been like too late or something. So mm-hmm. man, I started pushing them. They were pushing me like, dude, they gave me another 10 years. You know what I mean? I'm forever grateful for that. Like they, they were the ones behind the, the OG reissues and all that. They made that, they made that relevant again. Mm-hmm. So me being in the position I was in, I was like, okay, I'm going to open the doors for every single one of these guys that that wants to do it. And so, yeah, if I would step out of the skate game, I wouldn't be able to do that. I wouldn't be able to, like, help them, you know what I mean, the same way that they were helping me. It was like, I don't know. Does that make any fucking sense? Yeah, or just 100%. One? No, that makes that's perfect awesome. sense, man. Like, yeah. And those are the kids that you want to, like, pass the torch to, right? So, yeah, dude. I mean, it's not even like, yeah. I guess it would be passed. I don't. I don't look at it as like passing the torch. I'm like, they're fucking building their their own shit. I mean, the Shanahan, Bill, you, Jameer, and now you got Strobeck 
and his Supreme guys going back to Philly. They're trying to film shit in Muni and it's putting other people on like Chris. I mean, you know, th- there's Joey now rides for alien. There's like, there's a whole new fucking in, like scene that is in the actual skate industry. That's there. There's Adidas, there's DC, there's fucking DGK, there's alien. There's who knows how many other things that's happened. But before I really linked up with them, None of that was there. Mm-hmm. Like, Strobeck wasn't going there. Supreme wasn't going, fucking propping up the towel, going over the can. Like, like they made that popular again. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so, I don't know. I don't want to say, like, it would have been too hard for them to do it if I hadn't came in and, like, bridged that gap, like you said. Mm-hmm. But it definitely, like, didn't hurt. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Josh, I always wondered this, going back to the DC video for a second, how come it was the switch heel ender over the switch back heel? If I remember right, it was because uh, it was a ledge. I think I looked at it like hitting the ledge first and then doing it over the can was just way better than a single, I think. I'm trying to remember. I, I swear it had something to do with hitting the ledge and then pushing to it like somebody maybe nobody has done that before at the time or something it was it had to been something like that yeah hey don't get me wrong i'm not complaining like that yeah you did the front side (laughs) half cab nose and then like the fattest switch heel ever but i just was re-watching it and i was like damn the switchback heel is insane but it's the second last clip the switchback heel came because of the switch heel because when i was trying to do the switch heel it kept floating backside and i was i just mm-hmm. took a mental note like uh wait a minute i think i could do a switch back heel over this and so Sick. it was later that i i did the switch heel first and then the switch back heel later but i didn't like the switch back heel really because my heel may or may not have hit the ground when i came around mm-hmm. yeah but in them days so- it was like you had to get in and out of love those days those were like the undercover cops and guns being pulled on you and oh, yeah it was pretty wild yeah so. that was a sick because looking watching most of your parts again it's like i don't think you had many switchback heels so that was like kind of you just fucking did the craziest one and then not too many others like switch backside flips one of your tricks for sure you've done a bunch of crazy ones but i always love that switchback heel clip i just feel like it was a little slept on because it was kind of snuck in there as the second last trick. But well, thanks, dude. I appreciate that. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't, I didn't do switch back heels much at all. I did switch back heel to Brooklyn Banks. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, wall yeah. and switch backside flip, dude. The switch backside flip over the Banks wall. I remember this for some weird reason, dude. It took twelve rolls of film. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Ativa, like, dude, I'm on twelve rolls. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to make his money back at that point. Oh, that's yeah. epic. I don't know. Things change for me when it comes to bumps. Like, bump over stuff. I think because I go, I skate so much faster going off a bump. It gives me more time in the air to figure it out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I always dislike bumps. So, at the start. You let us know you grew up in Grand Rapids. You made the move back. What was behind that decision, man? Uh, moving back to Grand Rapids from San Diego. Mm-hmm. It, you know, San Diego just wasn't my spot, man. It was like, it was cool for the first couple of years. Like the weather was nice, but it just, yeah, it just 
wasn't really into it anymore. And the real estate market actually got pretty good out there. So I was able to sell my house, uh, catch up on a bunch of taxes, come to Michigan, buy a bunch of land out here. And, uh, you know, I'm really close to Chicago. I'm really close to Philadelphia. It just put me in a better spot to be able to maneuver and do what I actually like doing. You know, I like I like skating in Chicago. I like skating in Philly and New York. And then I love land. Like I love, like I learned years ago when I when I first moved back to Michigan from Philadelphia years ago, and we lived in the city, and it was just like the cops were always coming to my house because we were riding dirt bikes in the road or loud music or whatever it was. Like I just didn't have any freedom to do anything. And mm-hmm. so we moved then from the city out to like the suburbs of the suburbs, which is considered like rural, right? And we just had like a mm-hmm. couple couple little acres or whatever. But dude, we could ride dirt bikes, we could fucking shoot guns, you could like have the biggest house party in the world and nobody cares. The cops don't come. You have all this freedom. Mm-hmm. So Coming back from San Diego, that's what we did. We were like, you know what? We're going to be close. It's an easy flight to Philly. It's an easy drive to Chicago. But let's just get a bunch of land and and look at the rabbits and the deers and the raccoons and like... And do what we want. And just do what you want. Yeah, there's a lot of freedom when you live like out in the outskirts of the world. You know what I'm saying? And now I just tap into the cities. You know what I'm saying? And... Mm -hmm. Cali just wasn't doing it for me, man. It was like, like I said, it was like a false sense of security. I thought it would be dope to be so close to the industry and all that shit. And I realized, like, that's everything I hate. So it's easier for me to maneuver and think, like, handle projects and do all that shit when when I'm not distracted by, um, like, trying to be cool and be in the mix and, mm-hmm. and and like be seen at certain places and all that kind of shit I was just like man it's just whack like I always thought that shit was whack and I just had to like be reminded about it so mm-hmm. yeah well speaking of like having your own space something as kids we always admired was you guys always had a TF man it seems like Alien Workshop or DC, like you guys always had an indoor skate park that was kind of under wraps and private. And now you've got the ultimate private skate park, man. Tell us a little bit about your park. Dude, that park, my, my new park is a long time in the making, dude. I've been trying to get one of those for years and years, but, but it was like a tough sell. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, but DGK was like, fuck, let's do that. I mean, that, it, yeah, it sounds rad. Like, let's do it. We'll fuck around with YouTube, like, make little edits and all that stuff. And I was just like, dude, I want it to be all granite. And they were like, well, who the fuck's going to pay for that? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, tell us how much the materials are going to be. I was like, yeah, all right, it's this. And they were like, well, how much is the install? And I looked at how much it was going to be to get installed, and it was so crazy. I was just like, you know what? I'll do it myself. 1600 tiles let's fucking let's do it and uh so yeah man it's like (laughs) i yeah me and some of the local homies out here 
we just put mm-hmm. it in we put in the work dude for months man and uh now it's like it's it's kind of like another dream come true like if we got the indoor all granite plaza we got crazy. ledges that came from love park like the the granite is love park granite it's not very big you know the space isn't very big but it's like it's not meant to have all this flow it's literally just meant to go in and and just feel the the, i don't know it's just the vibe it's just like it's dope Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't even know if i answered your question what was your question how does it yeah you said how's it feel right yeah exactly it's fucking rad (laughs) and now like i'm a i can I can lay tile like a motherfucker now, man. Like, yeah. I don't even <laughs> need to measure the. Now. I don't even need to measure mortar anymore. I know exactly like boop boop. I can just like, and we, you know, we break them like the corners break off. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, maybe there was like a air pocket underneath it or whatever, and you just pop it out, put the little mortar down, put it back down. And you don't even know it's broke. That's yeah. epic. It's a lot of fun, dude, and the local kids like love it. So, um. There's a couple guys that I gave the code to, so it's not like they have to wait for me all the time or whatever. Mm-hmm. They just they just go. They'll go and skate and film, and then I get to see the footage later, and we get to make our YouTube edits for DGK, and I don't know. It's just fun, dude, for sure. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So sick, dude. You just gotta you just gotta do it, bro. You gotta you gotta find a warehouse and then get eight people to split the rent and yeah that's epic man you take the one dude that's got the good credit you have him him do the lease so yeah you know what i mean and then you just get eight of them eight people together and just split the rent they do it in chicago you know the uprise guys do it in chicago that's what's up man yeah yo um you got a carrie getz story for us man i was a big carrie getz fan as a kid man and we had him on the pod and he was a sick interview you spent some time with Kerry and got some memories with him? Actually, I do have one Kerry Getz story. Oh, let's hear it. Okay, sick. Is that we were at Love Park one day and we had the we had the bumped tile or uh, the, the bump set up, bumped a can. Mm-hmm. And we were skating that. And for some reason, he dragged a big-ass piece of metal and put a bump to can right next to the tile bump to can. He's fucking skating the metal bump to can for some odd reason. <laughs> and I never understood why he did that. He'd frontside flip melon grabbed it or something like that off the metal bump instead of the tile bump. So next time he's on the, the podcast, ask him about that because I'm still confused by that. What? I didn't even <laughs> notice that it wasn't the tile in that clip. I always loved that clip. It was so sick. Mm-hmm. It might not have been. Uh, it. Yeah, you have to look. You have to look. Yeah, we have to get to the bottom of that for you, man. Yeah, there's a metal bump to tile. There's a metal metal bump to can instead of the tile bump to can, but the tile bump to can was right next to it. So, <laughs> I don't know, man. This shit just ain't adding up. I'll find the clip and send it to y'all. Yeah. All right. Nah, Kerry's cool, man. He was, he was always cool. We were always like, I mean, we had our little like things here and there, but for the most part, like, yeah, we were cool. Hell yeah, so what's up? Oh, last question about the bump to can then. Switch tray, man. Does that one haunt you still? Because I can't believe how long ago you almost did that. And then it finally got done like like 20 years later or something. It's crazy. 
Nah, it doesn't haunt me at all because, like, I'm not, I don't have a good switch tray, and it was so hard to, like, it was so hard for me to try. It was, like, probably one of the hardest things I've ever tried, ever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. I had to go way faster than I wanted to go. The can had to be way far away. Like, like I got a shitty switch tray. And so the only way, I just had to work way too hard to do it. And uh, and then for Bill Yu to actually, like, do a really dope one 20 years later is, like, yeah. way more satisfying than yeah. mm-hmm. if I did it. Dude, I got my cans worth, man. Like, <laughs> like but I got, I got my can tricks not out of spite but out of kind of like kind of out of spite for the most part dude like each one of those cantrips was because somebody was fucking talking shit or something and so i just would run it you know <laughs> what saying you couldn't do it nah i don't i don't remember it whatever the vibe was it was like yeah okay for example you know like the vario hill Ooh, that's that might be my favorite one so that day I think the chocolate team was in town or the girl team. And uh, I was always a big fan of like, yo, when a team comes in, put it like put it down, like go out there and like. So so when they leave, they're like, damn, these fucking kids that love are crushing it. You know, like I always like that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And so they asked me the girl, the girl team asked me to put the bump up so they could skate the bump to can. And uh, I put it up. And like they ollied off the bump a couple times or whatever, but then when it came time to drag the can over there, nobody really wanted to do anything. And I was trying to do front shove, but the board kept half flipping on me. And so standing right there was Rob Pahowski and Jimmy Grecky. Oh, yeah. And they both got the meanest Vario Hill flips on the planet. Yeah. And I was like, yo, you guys, one of y'all should very heel flip this thing. Because I'm trying front shove and it's like accidentally very healing every time. But I don't very heel. <laughs> like I got a shitty very heel. And uh, dude, neither one of them would try it, man. And I was just like, <laughs> you know what? Fuck that. I'm trying this shit. And Blayback was there. I was like, Blaze, I'm going to try this. If it flips, let's shoot it. And the very first try like flipped pretty good. And I was like, all right, let's shoot it. And it was the next try I wow. made that shit. Damn. First try sequence. But I was upset that fucking Grecky and Pahowski didn't want to try it, man. So I yeah. was like, fuck that. I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. It was like that with a, with a lot of this shit out there. That's a beast burial heel. If we do a burial heel bracket, that one's in there, baby. <laughs> <laughs> nah, dude. It was like a fake burial heel because I just got lucky on it for sure. <laughs> So what's next for Josh Kalis, man? What's next? Dude, actually, there's quite a lot coming up, man. Like, uh, well, I'm actually having a lot of fun doing this, uh, skating in the pla- in the, my little indoor park. We built a pyramid ledge in there. Like, a, it literally looks like the New York City pyramid ledge. Sick. Yeah. Um, and we got winter time coming up, and, and I'm, I'm, like, really stoked to just have that place to skate in the winter. Uh, a lot of the local kids around here, they're actually getting really good. So it's, it's been a lot of fun skating with them. And uh, you remember those bolts that I had? Did you ever guys ever see that? It was, like, it was called Plus Reserve, and they were Allen and Phillips. Mm-hmm. So you, you, 
you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So I, I like shelved that a few years ago when I moved to Michigan and, uh, I decided I'm going to re ignite that under a different name just for fun, just to like do something out of the skate park and, mm-hmm. and take a couple of the local kids here. Uh, Mikey, who you guys were talking to earlier, mm-hmm. uh, he is a ridiculously good like filmer and editor. And if you ever watch the DGK edits with regards to my park, mm-hmm. he, uh, he does all those edits. He's like super sick. He almost died a couple years ago. He got ran over by a car. Jesus. Couldn't, yeah, couldn't walk, dude. He was like, I don't even think they thought he was going to walk again, really. But um, he's like skating again a little bit. And, you know, like he's got a, his own little brand he calls CTC, which is a local thing that he's really trying to build. And so I just got the hunger to be like, all right. I'm going to bring a couple of these kids. We're going to start a new little company. We're going to use these bolts as a foundation and let's build something with the local kids, you know, so they have like a a piece of something. Maybe it turns into something big. Maybe it's just a little bolt company or who knows what, but Mm -hmm. team like teaming up with some of the local younger kids is going to be a lot of fun because, you know, we have, we have a park, we're going to have a brand. They're going to be able to like, make logos and figure out shipping and you know what i mean it's just gonna be a cool little thing so that'll be pretty fun that's awesome yeah make sure you send us a box man you already know yeah i think i think (laughs) we're gonna call it i think we're gonna call it silac silac yeah which is s-i-l-a-k which is kayla's backwards (laughs) because i'm too pussy to call it kayla's (laughs) So we're going to call it Silac. <laughs> some, people, some people like it, some people don't. But at the end of the day, it's like, I guess the name doesn't really matter. You know yeah, what I'm man. saying? Get it out there. That's exciting. Yeah, it's dope. Yo, yo, yo. Season 18, we out here. First rapid fire with the ghost. And it's an honor to be brought to you by Thunder Trucks. Disappearing callers, reappearing trucks with Tom K and Matt Bublitz doing what they do best, accept the mystery, enter the museum. Go check out the full vid over at thundertrucks.com and make sure your local skate shop has the hottest truck in the biz right now, the Thunder Times Museum collab. Let's get these grinds popping, y'all. All right, Josh, one more section here. Rapid fire. So just quick questions, quick answers. Let's get it popping, bro. All right. Favorite skater? My early favorite skater was Mike Carroll, and then it's and then it slid into Kareem Campbell. Favorite video? At the time, questionable. I don't have a favorite video now. Favorite video part? It would have to be Mike Carroll questionable or Matt Hensley hocus pocus. Favorite style? Kareem. Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? That, I think, isn't just one skater. I think it would be the collective of Embarcadero. Sick. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth? I believe that that is Daywan's song. Hell yeah. Ooh. Three flip legend right there. Dude, the dudes can do anything. 
So he did my, my man, my, the dude did a fucking fakie manual and took a goddamn wheel off his truck and put it back on <laughs> while he was manual. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, he's got to be like the most talented. Yeah. Can't really, can't really argue that one. Favorite trick? It's tray flip for sure. For sure. Hardest trick for you? Anything manual. Hmm. Anything with a manual. Most illegal trick? Dolphin flip. <laughs> Favorite clip you've ever gotten? Probably the big spin back tail on Pyramid Ledge. Sick. Swagged out. What's the worst trend you've been a part of? Smoking cigarettes. <laughs> Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? Dude, I think it was boozing it. Doing a full speed frontside flip fakie manual from the high side to the low side at Pier 7. Damn. I seen Nigel back nose blunt Hollywood 16 live in person, and it just didn't give me the like holy shit feeling as like boozing it. Frontside flipping fakie manual and the Pier 7 thing. It was just crazy. It was so crazy. Yeah, so sick. Yeah, that thing's taller than people know that haven't been there coming from the the downside. That's pretty crazy. And with the speed he skates at, certified legend. Yeah, it was cool. What's the one trick that got away? Probably back nose blunt, nollie heel to forward. Damn. Ooh. I tried that one a lot, and then... I just, I never fully rode away from it. Damn. Damn. What's the biggest bunt you've ever witnessed? I don't know. Does this count as a bunt? Because it was probably me doing it. I, like, told people when I was young, I was like, yo, I 360 flipped that 12 stair right there. <laughs> and, the, and the rumor went on for years, dude. And, like, thank God they ended up tearing that 12 set down. But, yeah, I never did. I never even fucking, <laughs> I never even ollied that shit. But I told everybody. Oh, shit. So I, I probably awesome. did it myself, yeah. That's amazing. Even the tray flip champion was fucking bunting tray flips in his head back in the oh, day. I bunted that shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, epic. That's wicked. What's the last new trick you learned? I, I feel like I have to relearn all my tricks every day I go skate. Like <laughs> the same yeah. shit. Like, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I feel that. I think I'd lately just relearned switch backside flips, so. Nice, nice. Yeah. What's your dream job after skating? A survival, like, what do they call that shit when the people are out there, like, butchcraft, like, survival butchcraft fucking YouTuber. <laughs> <laughs> that shit would be the shit, dude. <laughs> like Bear Grylls? Nah, like, you're out there, like, building fucking little shelters and, like, you're out there, you know what I mean? Like, you're cooking your little meals and shit like that. Yeah, out, yeah, like Bear like Grylls, man. Yeah. yeah you can but, survive out in the woods with nothing. Yeah, yeah, but you only do it for, like, two days and the videos yeah. get, like, a million views and <laughs> you get paid out. Like, that shit would be awesome, dude. Dude. <laughs> You uh, should film one of those, bro. That shit would go crazy. Yeah, yeah it'd be awesome. I got the land. We could just do it out here. <laughs> For sure. I try it, but I I last like two hours. I'll be like, all right. <laughs> and back in. I don't know how to tie this knot. Like, fuck it. I'm out. Like Michael in the office, man. Just rip yeah. your clothes off first to like make a little shelter. And then <laughs> um, favorite local brand. Favorite local brand. I give that shit to... Uh, 
my man Mikey and his CTC brand. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Favorite local skater? I'll say uh, right now this dude named Zach May. He's local here. I skate with him all the time. He actually just turned pro for snack. Sick. Bro. Yeah. Shout out Zach May. Favorite teammate ever? Favorite teammate. I, I'll probably have to go Deerdick on that one. Sick. Sick. Worst teammate ever? I'd probably fucking say Deerdick. Fuck. <laughs> 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 Worst company? I'm going to say mm. worst company is Monsanto. <laughs> well, you don't like them giant apples and oranges, bruv? <laughs> worst trend? Smoking. Worst style? Worst style? Choked up shoes. <laughs> what? People walking around looking like they got footballs on their feet or hot dogs or something. Oh, true, true, true. Choked yeah. up. <laughs> Last person you want on the sesh? Carrie. Carrie gets. Carrie was always grumpy, dude. Like he was great before the sesh and 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 then he fucking would lose his shit and he was the worst person to have on the sesh, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. That's gonna wrap up the long awaited interview with Josh Callis, our tray flip champion, man. Appreciate you, dog. Glad we made this happen. Yeah, no doubt. I appreciate y'all, man. Thanks for staying on me about this. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> we'll come check you in Michigan one of these days. Gotta skate that park. I right, don't be bunting on that shit, though. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs>Welcome back to the post office, brought to you by our good friends over at Dickie Skateboarding. Quality workwear since 1922. From the work site to the streets, ain't nobody do it like Dickie's, man. All right, Ghost, been a long time coming. Who we got up first? You've got mail. All right, man, sparking a brand new post office. Yeah, I'm saying Mace Dingo. I was not in attendance, but what's your favorite moments from the Bunt Jam 2023? Keep up the good work, gents. Shit, man. For me, it's got to be the ender. Ryan Townley, the tray flip heard round the world. Justin Tucker ranged tray flip through the uprights. It was uh, a fitting cap to the second ever Bunt Jam. No doubt. That was, you know... Yeah, with all the, the rain delays and shit, it was nice to have a banging cap like that for it because at one point it looked like maybe we are getting rained out. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out Townley. I'll go with uh, Grant Taylor. Never seen him skate in person and always knowing, obviously, he's a legend from afar, but just seeing that, witnessing that in the flesh was insane. Just so floaty, man. He did that, mm-hmm. the nose pick pull-in thing. And then just 180 the whole shit to flat. Like, yeah, I don't know. Just seeing Grant Taylor skate, incredible. Man, Grant had like four or five, maybe six moments at the Bunch Jam that were fucking yeah. all epic. Could have been the most epic of all. Nice little email to get us started here in season 18. Next up, we've got an email from Jeffrey Baruga. What's up, Blunt? Quick question. Who has more style? The new kid, Dylan Jabe, or your boy, Morgan Smith? What what kind of question is that? Like 
you think we're gonna go against our own boy that we fucking grew up skating with who be fucking doing hella work for the bunt behind the scenes it's the smith all day man come on hevs yeah light work it's easy man we don't even know dylan <laughs> all right next up we got a voice note from my boy ludovic lilinga let's take a listen Yo, what's good with it? Stop. Yeah, I didn't know what it is. It's the fucking juice. Stop. Yo, it's been a minute since I left a voice note, but I got a little bone to pick and I'd like to get your take on it. Stop. So what you gotta realize is I'm sure as y'all know, Saquon Barkley's in a bit of a contract dispute with the Giants. Stop. Like, so what's the deal? Like, y'all gonna pay the guy or what? Stop. He carried y'all to the playoffs last year. I mean, the only fucking jersey I own, NFL jersey, is a Saquon Barkley 26 in that blue. You feel me? Yo, Peter, man, you feel me? What y'all think about that? Stop! <laughs> oh, my God. That was fucking painful to listen to, and I haven't seen Lude in a long time. Fuck. Probably an unpopular opinion, and now it's we're well into... September, might even be October. He's hurt again, bro. This is clearly why you don't pay running backs. It's sad. I wish they all got their money. They need to do something about paying running backs more on their entry-level contracts. But as far as extensions go, you never pay the running back, man. Yeah, I was talking about this last night with uh, a new Italian homie who's a Chargers fan actually super random but we were saying they need to just you know how like the rookie deals are like four or five years is it five in the Mm -hmm. nfl they need to for running backs they need to cut it down to two man and then you can just pay them earlier while they still have at least two three years of like mega production pay them in that window instead of waiting and then you can do the double franchise tag like it's just it's so harsh like saquon was the face of that franchise the last handful of years and daniel jones gets the bag and they just be treating saquon like he ain't worth a a dime but i don't even like you can't blame them that's the system that that they're in like they need to change the system before they can start to get paid because why would you pay a running back after five years of service you know when they're about to be dust yeah bro you just can't pay them man fucking obvious so you have to pay so much to the quarterbacks if you have a high high-end wide receiver they're gonna want the money and their careers just last longer it's evident with every running back who gets paid look at the last one where zeke held out forever and finally jerry jones had to pay him and literally that exact same year tony pollard emerges and now tony pollard's he's got the keys to the kingdom so all right next up we got an email from tim tim which finals moment resonates with you more now that you've taken the bunt cup back to back? Jokic's we got the job done or KG's anything is possible. Yeah, I mean, I'd say both, man. KG was year one. Anything's possible. And Jokic's year two, man. We just got the job done. That's how it is. Like, what the, the problem for me was that it probably we made it more difficult on ourselves than it had to be, man. Let a couple of those teams back in the games when we shouldn't have. Uh, all three games, we we got off the big leads, and then 
you know, let it get a little more dramatic than it should have, but I'm sure it made it more fun for the people in attendance. But uh, you know what? The anything is possible is so classic and I love it, but I feel like as the favorites to win it, it was kind of maybe more of a we got the job done. We were supposed to win. You know what I'm saying? Because we the best ballers out here, baby, until someone proves otherwise. Let's get it. I mean, now the talk is like, do we go back for three or we just retire on top? Like, lots to talk about over at the bunt camp during the off season. You know, do we give people another shot at the belt or we'll, we'll have to wait till next year to find out, man? <laughs> All right. Next up, we've got an email from Dane B. Hey, fellas, I wanted to pick y'all's brain on Diego Najera. He's an incredibly talented and stylish skater who is well respected by his peers from what I can gather. But it seemed like he jumped from Primitive to April to Monarch within a few years at most. Now that Monarch is out of business, do you think we will ever see him on another board company? Much love from Texas. Man, I hope so. That's one of those careers that when I look at, I just it just bums me out. I wish he just stuck on Primitive or stuck on April. He's like such a talented next level skateboarder. So you just want him on those brands where you're going to just get more content and see more of him. And mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what happened behind the scenes with any of those uh, sponsor hops, but um, a reunion with April or Primitive, I'd be so hyped because we just want more Diego footage, man. All right. Last email of the week here coming in from XL. Y'all got a separate set of clothes that y'all use specifically only to skate, or do you wear your clothes to skate? Also, do you prefer all black shoes or all white shoes? A man getting particular with the questions. Like if you have a nice pair of pants or something that you need to keep for when you go out on a date or a nice dinner or whatever, 100%. But after that, man, it's pretty much just all systems go. And... This is where it gets tough. All black or all white. Shit, if I had to pick one to live with for till the end of time, bro, I might go all black. But I wear all white a lot. Really? I, for me, all black is easy choice. Um, all white. Here and there, but that shit gets dirty real quick. Always got to be worried about if someone steps on your shoe. If you go out... That's just getting dirty, like first tee, guaranteed. Like all white's like a beach day or like a daytime thing, I feel like. Because it's getting ruined if you take that into the nightlife. The only shoes I skate are all white. Like I've skated all white shoes for the last like however many years. It's been a long time. But yeah, they get mm -hmm. destroyed immediately. So all, all blacks, safer bet. Thank you, everybody, for the emails. Remember to send them in. Emails, voice notes to thebuntlive at gmail.com. You got us for a long time now. 11 more weeks of this shit, so we going to need to hear from y'all. Turn up. This is The Rundown, the skateboard world source for sports. Let's get right into it, Ghost. Groundbreaking news this past week. Damian Lillard has been traded to my... Oh, wait. Not to Miami. He thought he was going to South Beach, baby. He's going to Milwaukee. Oh, the heartbreak. But at least he gets to play with the Greek freak. What do you think, man? Dame finally lined up with another bona fide all-star. Bruv, the heartbreak only lies 
with uh, the Heat, man. Like, Dame just went to an immediate contender. Uh, I'm sure he's still happy. Like, yes, his first pick was Miami, but I think most importantly, he just wanted to finally have an opportunity to really contend for a championship. And he just secured that mm -hmm. with uh, Giannis. That's going to be an insane one-two punch. I can't wait to see what it looks like on the floor. But honestly, when that trade came through, all I could think of was our good friend Nick Katz. I had to give him a call and just make sure he, was, <laughs> he wasn't crying in a corner in a fucking alleyway somewhere. He texted me, I'm going to shoot myself. Obviously kidding. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He's still oh. recovering, man. And, um, I, yeah, I, I feel for the Heat fans, man. They got fucking so close last year, and they needed a Dame type to push it to the next level and get that championship. And now it just looks like mm -hmm. it's even, like, it just, it's so much more out of reach because not only did Dame not go there, he went to a team in the East, and they're going to have to try and go through the Bucks again to get through the finals. God damn, man. Mm-hmm. And then one of the moving parts, Drew Holiday, didn't even pack his bags to make it to fucking Portland. He ends up getting flipped over to Boston. Insult to injury there in Miami. They're going to have to go through both of those teams. Bro, it's, it's rough. It's really rough. Um, shout out Drew, one of the most underground legends in the game. He got his championship, so... I mean, now now he can try and take the Bulls to the next level. We'll see what happens. Um, never bummed to, to root for Drew and the Bulls. So I, I kind of like that match, man. Their defense was dust, and they lost, obviously. Um, no, Drew's on the Celtics, man. You hate the Celtics. Oh, what the fuck? I misheard you. I didn't even... Drew Holiday got traded to the Celtics this morning. Oh, I thought you said the Bulls. I didn't even see that on Twitter. No. Or anything, so, uh, fuck. He got traded for Robert Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, and I think two first-round picks for Drew Holiday to send him back to Boston. Damn! Oh, the Celtics ain't playing absolutely either. stacked backcourt. Oh over my there. God, Miami! It's even more done now. What? <laughs> I thought you said the Bulls. I was like, all right, I <laughs> no, mean, that's not, gonna... not the Bulls, bro. Holy shit! Not the Bulls. The biggest head scratcher in all of this for me is how the fucking Phoenix Suns just threw Aiton in there and all they got was Nurkic, Grayson Allen, and Nasir Little. Like, how was that the move that you decided to make with Aiton? That's a wild one. They've, they've got to have more up their sleeve because that, that's, like, obviously a downgrade. But fucking Aiton, Aiton had one foot out the door, man. He was not engaged or locked in at all in that playoff run. So whatever. He, he had to go. But damn, the Celtics and the Bucks. Holy shit. That's the conference finals. I can't wait to see. And I'm rooting for the mm -hmm. Bucks, yo. You got Don't forget the Celtics got Przingis as well. Oh, okay. So they got lots of bodies over there, man. Lots of fucking bodies. But giving up Robert Williams, I didn't really like that one. I like that guy. Yeah, but he could just never stay healthy, so I get it. Let's move it over to the NFL real quick. We're talking about the highest paid player in the NFL, Joe Burrow. We know he doesn't start too fast, but even for Joe's standards, this is slow. He got the fucking walker out. He might even, like, he's immobile right now. Joe, what, what's up with him, man? I know he had the calf injury in camp, but this is it's not good. 
Yeah, I don't know. They were a hot pick. I think we both picked them to go to the Super Bowl, and then because we both had the same picks, mm-hmm. I just happened. I just gave a backup pick, but I was not expecting it to look this bad for this long. I was like, maybe a rusty first week, but I mean, as we're speaking, they're getting smashed by Tennessee and Ryan Tannehill, who's been looking like a corpse himself. So, not a good sign. Cincy, uh, get your shit together, man. You got a lot of. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, fantasy owners out here fucking stressing. Not to mention Joe Burrow, fantasy managers fucking too. Starving for fantasy points. But even worse than Joe Burrow's slow start, could you have predicted the agony that Jets fans would have to suffer this season? Now, who's in a worse spot? Garrett Wilson's fantasy owners or Garrett Wilson himself? Oh my uh, or there's the fucking the Aaron Rodgers Garrett Wilson combos like you you got it even harsher I, <laughs> I lost Rodgers in two leagues that's true me and you have Wilson in our two leagues and it's pure pain man I benched him for Tank Dell this week and uh, feeling like I might regret that one but anyways uh, it's pure pain out here man all Jets Brees Hall flashing so hard in week one and then putting up some fucking dusty-ass games after that. It's just a mm-hmm. bench all Jets if you can situation, but when you draft them that high, sometimes you're just forced to play these motherfuckers, man. I'm giving Garrett Wilson one more shot tonight because they're going to have to throw the ball against Kansas City, and really I don't have many better options in that fucking league. So Garrett Wilson, one more shot. But it's absolute agony. We're talking about a guy that could have potentially, you know, led the league in receiving possibly touchdowns. Looking at a potential Devontae Adams type season. And now we're hoping he gets fucking one or two receptions. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, actually, it's actually so sad. And like, did you, I'm sure you did try to sell high after he caught that like 70 yard touchdown or whatever that was uh, in week two. You knew that was the only high point you were but getting this year. People weren't biting. That man. was it. People were not biting. No. It's a cold world. Bundle it's, up. Uh, <laughs> it's as bad as it gets over there in, in New York. And I just feel for the rest of the team having to watch Zach Wilson. To a higher note, for us, the NFL world, Nick Katz and every Dolphins fan out there, They look absolutely spectacular. They're in a dogfight right now as we speak, going up against Buffalo. But they dropped 70 points last week. Everybody got a piece of the action. What is the ceiling for this Miami Dolphins team? I mean, you can't bring up the Dolphins without bringing up Tua's health. If he stays healthy, sky's the limit. I could see them going to the Super Bowl. But uh, it's only week four right now. He's, they're currently getting dusted by uh, Buffalo, so let's not forget Buffalo. Still the team to beat in their division, but I'm loving what I'm seeing so far this year, and they're a fun team to watch, fun team to root for. Let's keep it going, Dolphins, because Heat fans, whew, they need y'all right now. Any last words for episode one? We back, baby. 12 weeks. Let's fucking do it. You know where to find us every Wednesday. The Bunt Live Season 18, kicking it off. Catch y'all next week.